0: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: I don't know what you
2: come to do, but I come to the
3: Because you'll never be anything but a common frump, whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing.
2: Hey, y'all! Welcome to Who Shot Ya? It's your boy. I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Oh, what a show we have for you today! Look who is back in the back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's been gone. He is, you know, uh, I have not been on the social medias uh, as much lately, so the last time we spoke, I remember you were going somewhere. <laughs> that, that's all I remember. But ladies and gentlemen, with us in the studio, he is El Mero Mero de Navidad, film reviews editor at The rap, Alonzo Doralde back in the building. It's nice to be home. It's good it's, to have you here. It's good to be back. Now, remind me again, where, where'd where you go, bro?
1: Uh, I, w- <laughs> I went to New England okay. uh, to see my husband's uh, family and my family That's and right. eat all the crustaceans.
2: You went to go do good normal life shit.
1: Yeah, for once. <laughs> for once.
2: Uh, and what is good with you? How was your trip?
1: What's good is lobster. Lobster is so good. Mm. And, you know, when you're in New England, it's relatively cheap. And so, <laughs> (laughs) They just throw it at you all the time, and it's great, and the world should be that way. Damn straight. There should be cheap-ass lobster wherever you go, because it's a great thing.
2: Now, is (laughs) is cheap lobster in New England still, like, I I can mess, like, I'll fuck with this. It is
1: still good stuff. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like... You know the the a lobsters get sent off somewhere and we're stuck with the meat. No, they're all good. Okay. It's a lobster, you okay. know, and so cram it in a piece of white bread with some mayo <laughs> or like serve it to me on a plate with drawn butter. I don't care. Just keep the lobster happening.
2: That's what's up, yo. God has cursed me. In my late twenties, I became allergic to shellfish. No! Yes, and I mean, like, I grew up eating shrimp. And then one day I just like went uh, I had like a, a shrimp and like steak dinner and I have I have a brother who has an allergy and yeah, like I could just tell from the symptoms I was like, uh oh Do they have you or No, I'm you see, I'm also crazy. So <laughs> like I was just like, Oh I'm allergic to this. But fuck it, it's delicious. I'm gonna keep eating it. You know, like I figure if you, my, my theory is if you can grow into an allergy, well then you can grow out that. Mug, That's right. You know, like, look, I, I can barely breathe, but it's scampy. It's, oh, it's. I mean, shrimp is delicious, y'all. Shellfish is delicious, y'all. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, suck it, vegans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a special guest with us in the studio today. It is very exciting to see you again. Uh, she is a writer. She's an actor, stand-up comedian, ain't nothing but a thing, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Yang. Yay. Yay. Yay.
3: Man, that is the best intro. You need to be introing me into
2: every room. Well, I will, are you going on tour anytime soon? Because, I mean, do you need a hype man? I'm a professional hype man. I need a
3: hype man just to be with me in life. You know what I mean? I need Ricky around.
2: At the grocery store. <laughs> right. I'm trying to base my life right now off of Karamo Brown from uh, Queer Eye, who I, who I just found out is half Cuban. As am I. So oh, I mean, really? come on now, come on now. You know what I'm Amazing. Saying? Yes, yes. Um, Jenny, how you doing? What is good with you?
3: I'm I'm doing so well. It's summer. Uh, it's cool down in L. A. And I'm planning a comedy festival in L. A.
2: Ooh. I mean,
3: I don't mean for this to be an immediate plug, but you know, I'm, that's what I'm thinking about all day because I'm I'm planning. It. <laughs> it's an Asian American comedy festival. <laughs> Oh that's what's
2: Ooh, up yo. Yeah. Oh word and 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 what stage are we in this? Is there a, is there a date? We're locking uh,
3: yeah, we're locking the the lineup but okay. our date is is set. It's uh, comedycomedyfest.com October 12th through 14th. It's an Asian American comedy festival.
2: Yes, that's what's up yo. Can mm-hmm. you say any names on who will be uh at said festival? Not quite. Yeah. Okay, okay. But okay. it's going to be
3: great. It's usually a mix of like heavy hitters that you know mm-hmm. um and uh, amazing up and coming people that, you know, this is our fourth year so they're they we they've been showing uh, their worth and and getting opportunities in part because of our festival and it's great they're Who gonna and we're gonna invite some of those people back
1: so bookmark that website and just keep going back yes and yeah yeah yours. and
3: sign up to our email list I'm I'm just saying I'm not just selling things this is like I'm this is part of the movement Yo, I'm telling <laughs> you <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling
2: you I have seen that future yo. <laughs> I've seen that future you know what I'm saying I bought a ticket Give, can, where can I get my lanyard at I'm
3: telling you know I, it's not just self-promotion like I'm a part Part of a bigger movement, <laughs> it's a, a vision bigger than myself.
1: Telling jokes <laughs> is a revolutionary act.
3: I mean, it can be, <laughs> it can be. It just, it's just what you want to do with
2: it, <laughs> okay? That is what's up, yo. And when is it happening?
3: October 12th through the 14th I- in LA.
2: October 12th through the 14th, if yeah. you're in Los Angeles, comedy, comedy festival, comedy, comedy festival. Boom. That's what's up, yo. Thank Hell you. yeah, no girl. We about to have a fun old time. Oh my god. Ricky, what's yeah. good? Oh my man, Alonzo, <laughs> I want to say, uh, it is with, with deep sadness that I got to say R.I.P. to hiatus Ricky. Oh, that, yeah, th- those times are are, you were, are you over. You were loved, bro, man. I mean, I said, you like it. It feels good to be back at work. You know what I realize okay. is like I'm a person who needs structure. <laughs> gotcha. You know, like. I'm um, like, like the last like a couple weeks, I was like, I'm ready to go back to work. This is gonna be so dope. And then like 30 minutes into being at the office, I was like, I need to get back on my fucking couch, <laughs> yo. Like. <laughs> That, you know?
1: Did you go to Kmart and get all your back-to-work notebooks and, like, new shoes and stuff?
2: <laughs> but, like, I, I, like I, I'm i rocking my white socks hat right now, <laughs> which I, I hand-washed. I was like, I'm gonna go back to work Oh, all, like, Spiffy. all pretty. <laughs> yep, yep. For, like, day, like, but yesterday was my first day back. I wore a Muhammad Ali shirt for, like, inspiration, and wow. somebody commented and I was like, see? We're doing this, Ricky. We're doing Where's this. Where's
3: work? I'm so ignorant. I'm sorry. Oh, it's
2: okay. I work for a little show called Tosh Point. Oh. <gasps> oh, yay. Yes. That's Right. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I do that. Uh and then it it's very I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's great to be back. Yeah. But do I miss, you know, Eating french fries at two in the morning, not thinking at all what I'm going to do the next day. You're goddamn right I do, yo. You're goddamn right I do, yo. Hiatus Ricky. Hiatus Ricky. All right, P. pour some out. If you're out there, pour some out for your boy. <laughs> pour some out.
1: Like Frosty the Snowman, he'll be back again
2: someday. Oh. <laughs> but right now he's just a
3: puddle with a carrot. <laughs> That's, it.
2: That's it, yo. A little pipe floating in it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sad. It's all good. It's all, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be strong. I will survive. I will survive, yo. You can do it. yep, yo. yo, on today's episode, oh, we got a fun one for you. We are going to be talking about the hugely popular film, hugely successful Crazy Rich Asians. We're going to be talking about whitewashing in cinema. And as always, we will round up our show with our staff picks. But first, it's time for a news roundup game called "Yet a Dick. Short <laughs> for Is This Important? <laughs> do I Care? Uh, here's how it works. Alonzo and I, we're going to read some news headlines. And then we're going to... Anybody can jump in with their uh, hot takes by answering these two simple questions. Is this important and do I care? Uh, We're going to start off with one right away that is people, I'm sure, have been... For the past eight years, if you have been waiting to know what happened with the ending of Christopher Nolan's film, Inception, today's your lucky day, y'all. We got the answer. We got the answer. At a screening of the film in London, Michael Caine told the audience exactly what uh, the director, Christopher Nolan, told him. He said, according to Caine... Uh, Sidebar here. I'm going to do a my impression of Steve Coogan's impression (laughs) of Michael Caine. It's Uh, gonna be dead on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I said to Nolan, (laughs) I don't understand where the dream is. I said, When is it the dream and when is it reality? He said, Well, when you're in the scene, it's reality. Uh, so get that if I'm in it it's reality if I'm not in it it's a dream boom yo Kane's in the final scene when uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil uh, Inception now sorry 2010 (laughs) Kane's in the final scene when uh, DiCaprio's character he spins the top therefore it has to fall down therefore the ending is reality case closed is this important do you all care I don't
3: even remember these. Don't ending.
2: care about <laughs> this. Can I curse? Am I allowed to
3: curse? By I, only, I, 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 I F- insist that you do. I don't yes. fucking care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the first name for the segment. That was the first <laughs> time We were like. Shit, sh- sh-
3: I just sh- like people. that the segment acronym sounds like eat a dick. Uh
2: oh yeah. <laughs> because it's a, eating a dick
3: is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? So. It can be. Cheers. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't care. Why do I? Why would I care about this?
1: I mean, I, I liked mean, Inception. It's a fun movie. It's a it fun too. kind of cerebral popcorn movie, yeah. but I haven't thought about it in ages. No. I, it does not keep me awake at night. Like, if it's <laughs> a, is this a dream or is it not? Like, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's like, a, there's this, this terrible like thing that where audiences just can't handle an open answered movie at the yes. end. And it's like, hey, think for yourself, y'all. There's yeah. no wrong answer the, here. The
1: internet has become the enemy of like opacity. You know, we can't yeah. have anything that's that that isn't like you know broken down to charts and right. you know, the, well this and then the fan theories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just totally. let, it, let it live in the mystery. Thank you. I just you. like
3: your face when you said fan <laughs> theories. <laughs> it's like is that like your your caricature of all of the movie geeks out there?
1: Maybe.
2: <laughs> uh Alons, you want to take this? Night? Oh, why not?
1: Yes. Uh, You may not have known this, but disgraced pervert Kevin Spacey, I think we should just call him that forever now, uh, released a new movie this past week called Billionaire Boys Club. And the numbers are in. The opening weekend box office total came out to a whopping $618. (gasps) (laughs) And The film stars Taron Egerton and Ansel Elgort in kind of a Wolf of Wall Street knockoff, which was previously a miniseries starring Judd Nelson, lest we forget. Uh, Because of Spacey's tarnished name, the film was released in. Only 11 theaters nationwide. Is this important? Do you care?
3: Yes. Well, it is so delicious and satisfying. For a movie called Billionaire Boys Club, the audience has spoken. We do not want Kevin Spacey anywhere near a club of boys. Okay? This is what we are about now.
1: They're not even a Air boys club. As Although th- this movie has been available on uh, iTunes for like the last month or something. Oh. So oh, okay that that, oh, that does tend to put a, a bit of a crimp into a theatrical release <laughs> I will say but yeah I think th- this was the kind of movie where even if even if all the spacey stuff hadn't gone down th- this seemed destined to be buried for a lot of different reasons but huh. certainly it helps you know that yeah. uh, that has the big scarlet letter on it.
2: You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 11 theaters said yes to this. Like, that's that's what surprises me. Like, are y'all not reading the news? Are you not? What's what's going on right now? I like that $618 is probably
3: like 60 people who Hmm. decided that they just want to give them another
1: shot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or or they just, they they sense they wanted to be part of film history.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now uh, last week uh, we talked about the film uh, *Black Klansman*. Uh, started, and since then, sorry to body director Boots Riley. He's tweeted and deleted some criticism of the movie. Well, now he's tweeted Since then, he's tweeted out an entire essay covering his thoughts on the on the film. One of his biggest sticking points is the fact that Spike Lee made police officers the heroes of the movie. He was also very bothered by the fact that Spike took liberties with the facts and still had a disclaimer at the beginning that said the movie was based on, quote, some full real, full real shit. Now, to quote uh, quote Boots, he says... For Spike to come out no. <laughs> Are you How tell, would Michael, how say would Michael <laughs> <say it? laughs> uh, No, the quote boots. He said, "For Spike to come out with the movie, where story points are story points are fabricated in order to make a black cop and his counterparts look like allies in the fight against racism, is really disappointing. To put it very mildly." End quote. Uh, is this important? Do you all care? Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. uh, I I find that this is fascinating. I mean, I, I saw the movie. I had some some quibbles with with some of the the Spike Lee or aspects of it, but yeah, Boots Riley really kind of lays out this whole thing of like, not only did none of this happen basically in the movie as presented, but also the fact that there is a history of the Feds. You know, infiltrating the Klan not to take down the Klan, but rather to take down, you know, black revolutionary groups, Mm -hmm. to take down sort of uh, anti-segregation groups, to take down political revolutionaries with the help of, you know, hate groups. And so for this movie to tell the exact opposite story, we may leave the theater feeling energized about that, but it's apparently a complete fabrication and so it it does kind of make you question what's going on and, and I love the fact that Boots Riley couches all of this and look I totally respect Spike Lee. He's the reason mm-hmm. I became a filmmaker. Right. I also respect the fact that Spike Lee never holds his tongue about other people's movies when mm-hmm. he has a problem with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know
2: he's being, he's, he is emulating Spike Lee. In the in, spirit of totally. Spike call yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, did you see Black Klansman, Jenny?
3: I haven't and I wanted to and I will. Yeah. You should. It's, yeah, no, I want yeah. to. Um, I read then, about it. <laughs> read
2: the Boots Riley I've
3: <laughs> Sorry to Bother You. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I think I do care about this conversation. I think it's an important conversation. I think it's Amazing that because of Sorry to Bother You, we have a voice like Boots Riley, who has been elevated to a, a level where he can be in conversation with, right, with Spike Lee about this. Thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so and I love it. I think we need to talk about that. Is it OK for us to take creative license that is ahistorical in order to present white people as more allies than they were? is that okay? We need to ask that. Is that simply a salve to make us feel better now because we feel such strife racially right now? Mm-hmm. Is it or, um, and is that harmful? Or should we have things based off of historical events be more reflective of true, true events? Sure. And, and so I, I err on the side of I would rather us portray the reality of racial history so that we can move forward and have a better reckoning of it.
2: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I think Boots Riley's crazy. I don't think he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, shit. No, nah, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
3: shit. I was, like, yeah, getting excited. I, I said it, dog. I said it, dog.
2: What? What What now? a performance. What now? What now? I was about to... I was like, wow, he threw down. Let's do this. I, I do think... I mean, I, I, I said this before, and I, I can't stress it enough. I want to live in a world where both of these guys have their opinions, and it's valid, and it's... I don't want to. I don't want it to be pit one against the other. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Totally, I, I think it's like a little naive for Boots Riley to be like, "Can you believe this thing isn't true in the movie? Can yeah. you believe this thing isn't true yeah, in the movie?" Like, but, it's a movie. I don't watch I, JFK and go like, "Uh, you know, like, there, there's the law, there's the Bible." I'm sure there is some, but creative I, I liberties. There's a
1: bigger thing here, though, because like. Because, the yes, all biopics I think at some point we could take with a grain of salt and we figure that screenwriters have judged things to make a story out mm-hmm. of them. But this is like like a completely made-up thing, basically, that none of this remotely happened and that what this guy – what the, the real Ron Stallworth did do was infiltrate black radical groups – on behalf of the government to, like, help shut them down, yeah. which is not a story that Spike Lee feels like telling, and certainly one that Boots Riley doesn't want to see, because apparently among the groups that he shut down was one that, that Boots Riley has been a member of and that his parents were a part of. Yeah. You know, and and, and I certainly did not know until Boots Riley mentioned it that Spike Lee recently received $200,000 from the NYPD to work on a series of commercials to help mend relations between the department and minority communities. I did not know that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah,
2: not, I, not at all. In,
1: out of context, I don't either. Yeah. But in context, it's in like... In connection with this movie, Yeah, you're like, I think this becomes now part of the conversation yeah. about what the agenda of this film is and why he made it.
2: Yeah. I, 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 get th- I get that, 100%. It's just like, Spike Lee is now trying to, like, bring the police and people together so we can, like, yeah. live together well. Like, I don't see how... Uh, but... I, I I get it into... And, and, and again, this was... Something that I liked in the movie that I said last week was, like, I can't believe Spike just made a movie where I'm supposed to, like, be down with the cops in this. Like, how the fuck did you just pull that off? But you did because... I was you know I, I, was, I was fully engaged bottom line see the film yeah, and yes.
1: then read the stuff and yes. then let's have the conversation I, I think
2: all those things I,
1: I, I'm I, you know yeah I don't want to see this turn into a thing where we're just pitting two powerful minority people against each other right. and I don't want it to be a thing where this becomes an excuse to not go see Black Klansmen because totally. it, it totally yes. needs to be seen and talked about right totally excellent
2: well we just solved racism y'all boom, boom. Yeah. boom
1: son you're welcome <laughs> Uh, this past week, Entertainment Weekly interviewed Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves for their new movie, Destination Wedding. Uh, and in this interview, Winona dropped a serious bombshell. She said that she and Keanu may actually be married. <laughs> To quote Winona, no, I swear to God, I think we're married in real life. <laughs> Ryder claims that during the filming of Dracula, she and Keanu acted out a wedding scene. Uh, director Francis Coppola hired a real Romanian priest. We shot the master and he did the whole thing, so I think we're married. <laughs> this was all news to Keanu, but we do have a clip of his reaction to this life altering bit of information. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Is this important? Do you care?
3: Anything involving Keanu Reeves or Winona Ryder, much less the combination of them, doing a press tour about a rom-com involving the two of them. Yes. Everything related tangentially or directly. Yes.
1: Yeah, totally. 100%. I, I would be more willing to accept Winona Ryder's version of events, but my mind keeps going back to whatever that award show was. That you know, they honored the whole cast of Stranger Things, and she looks around like and there's a firefly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's an artist. She thinks laterally. Exactly. You know what
2: I mean? No, no, no. She's on her <laughs> own Literally. plane of existence. Literally laterally. <laughs> lateral. <laughs> lateral, yes. I'm a I'm a legal officiant myself. <laughs> Are I can you? I can marry anybody. I've married two people. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I can, if I wanted to, I could marry the both of you right now. Wow. I
3: would I, say,
1: yeah. I, I would be that would make me a bigamist. Sadly.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh,
1: I man, mean,
3: catch yeah. me
2: on the flip side. Okay.
3: Next time. In our next lifetime. You got it.
2: In our next lifetime, y'all. is there, Oh, man, I'm trying to remember.
3: Erica Badu. Guess to see you next <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yes! That's I so saw so. it on your face. Yeah.
1: I went right to XTC's In Another Life because uh, I'm white that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, We are going to take a break, y'all. When we come back, we will be talking crazy rich Asians you are listening to Who Shot Ya? I are myself, but I'm
0: These it. are real podcast listeners, not actors.
3: And hey, thanks
0: for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe
2: the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity.
0: Dumb. Definitely dumb.
2: And like, uh, right here, this one. Meritless.
0: What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, go. And it's free. Jordan, Jordan, Jesse, Jesse,
3: go. Jordan, Jesse, go.
0: Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast.
2: Welcome back to Who Shall Here. I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today are... Jenny Yang. Alonzo Duralde. <laughs> Jenny Yang? I'm like, question, question mark? I, think, I, think. <laughs>
1: I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. So. I know.
2: Who I? <laughs> today we are talking crazy rich Asians, and I would like to look over to my boy right here, Alonzo, if you could please give us a brief synopsis of the movie.
1: Uh, sure. Based on the smash bestseller uh, from Kevin Kwan, the first in a trilogy, so I hope that means... We got two more in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about uh, a young woman who is an NYU economics professor, and she's been dating a guy from Singapore for quite a while, but um, doesn't really have a strong sense of his family or his background or whatever. But, you know, they, they, it's, it's great, and, and they're very happy together. And he says, hey, my uh, best friend uh, is getting married. Come back and meet my family. She's like, oh, wow, great. Okay, fine. <laughs> and it turns out that he is from a super some might say crazy rich family.
2: <laughs> what, what, what? Uh
1: Yes. And uh, suddenly she finds herself enmeshed in crazy family intrigue and um, spurned ex-girlfriends and, um, you know... Class warfare and glamour and glitz and lifestyle porn at its finest. And will she or won't she, as a spunky outsider, uh, land the hand of uh, Asia's most eligible bachelor?
2: (laughs) Asia's, uh, it's your favorite most Asian eligible bachelor. I mean, mean, at the du jour, you know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What day of the week is it?
1: (laughs) I still stand for both Tony Lungs, but that's a whole other Uh, conversation.
2: Yes. I, I went and saw this movie, of course. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I yeah. laughed at this movie. I was proud of this movie. And at the end of this movie, I felt like my credit score went down 300 points. Like, <laughs> I felt so goddamn broke watching yeah, this movie, I yo. I was like, man, I, I need to make some new life decisions here. It put
1: an extra stink on Flying Coach, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs>
2: True. Uh, what did we all think, though, Jenny? What'd you think?
1: Uh
3: y'all, Are I haven't th- seen Black Klansmen because I've seen Crazy Rich
2: Asians five times. I love this so much. I'm just telling you right now.
3: <laughs> I have no shame. I've seen it five times. The first uh, first three times were free. The last two times were paid. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this was a concerted campaign to make sure that everyone and their mommy. Um, who are Asian American in media, were on board with this uh, film through free screenings and conversations, and I was all for it because it is a very significant... Uh, studio film, and so yeah, the first time I went, it was actually just a one, the first cut Warner Brothers kind of feedback focus group screening, okay. and I was like down there thinking I was an exec, like giving notes like crazy, like everyone <laughs> left,
2: and I was like, oh,
3: we need an aerial shot of this of the house, uh, you know,
2: <laughs> and, then,
3: <laughs> and then but then the, the following two times were you know final cut screenings, mostly with Asian American uh, with an Asian American crowd, and then with a mixed Asian American and white crowd uh, at the WG GA, and then the last two were out in the wild, one with the Asian-American group and another with a more mixed group. Hmm, right. And it was, it's, I've never seen a movie in the theaters this much. Um, it's not, you know, it's not common for me to do that. But I think for me as a creator myself, as a comedian, and as someone who cares about this piece of pop art, I wanted to... Appreciate how people were going to receive it. And it was really cool to see, you know, when people laughed at the jokes, what they responded to. It's it was kind of like, you know, we don't get a chance to invite our white friends to the wedding. Mm. uh to the to the home the family event and so you're like sh- having them taste the food and you're like huh 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 what do you think <laughs> you're like looking, waiting for their reaction and so that's how it felt it felt like we were inviting the other other folks in the world not family in and to see the audience react in the different ways was really educational honestly cuz we don't get that experience that often
2: yeah I loved it so.
1: Much. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, I got choked up. Yeah. I just loved the old-fashionedness of it. Like this is the kind of movie that Hollywood studios are supposed to be able to just shit out without thinking about it, yeah. and they never do. They don't. <laughs> like they just don't they forgot how to make this kind of movie. And here it is. Here is a blueprint for how you make this sort of like four quadrant pleasing, charming, funny You know, just uh, it it checks all the boxes. It was such a satisfying experience. And somebody on Twitter got at me about like, oh, so, you know, that didn't I predict everything? I was like, I don't go to rom-coms for surprises. (laughs) You know. Is this
3: Inception? (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. Was it a dream? <laughs> when is it a dream? <laughs> but no, I totally got and 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 I have and several. You're not the only. Uh, you're not the first of, of of the people of API people I know in the industry who've seen it multiple times already. Yeah. And uh, and I and I get that. Hunger. I mean, I remember the early 90s going to see, like, The Living End over and over again, or Poison even, you know. And these were, like, dark, weird art films, but they were queer, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't anything like that. And then we had to wait a few, several more years to get, like, anything remotely resembling, like, a glitzy bauble like this. Yeah. So to get a big, delicious gob of representation wrapped up in that sweet, sweet, candy-colored you know luxury porn shell <laughs> oh god yeah i totally get why everybody asian is flipping out about this movie yeah. and and also why white people are digging it because it's just a great old-fashioned terrific fun movie yeah mm.
2: yeah I'm gonna be a bit of a Debbie Downer. Yeah, please, please, let's <laughs> do this. Leave this house. Let's do this right now, Ricky. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> this. I, I feel like I had the same feeling where when I when I watched uh, Love Simon, where I was like, I love why all of this is happening. I love all the representation that I'm seeing, and I'm genuinely having a good time in the movie. Uh, but I don't know how much I loved the movie. I yeah, I like this is one of those where I love the cause. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm I don't know if I'm gonna go back to Crazy Rich Asians and and and, and watch it again. See,
1: I uh, love I love this as a movie mm-hmm. way more than I love Love Simon's in movie. Yeah. Like a lot of what I love about Love Simon is the I just love that this is here and it exists yeah. and it's talking to me and it's giving me the feels that I want to get out of it. But this as an actual just I got no dog in this hunt, yeah. but as a movie, as a structure of entertainment, I thought it was just
2: spot on. Is well, that I have a right? question for you. Yes,
3: do you like rom coms, like big blockbuster rom
2: coms? Uh, no, I'm not the audience for those. Yeah, uh, so, no, so, so I okay. think, to well, me, it, I
3: feel like that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. It took
2: yes. t- initially. It, t- it took me about. Twenty like twenty thirty minutes for me to get on board with the movie, yeah. Because I did just was uh, I was just like this is all very rom commy. Totally. How would she not know that her man totally. is like this huge rich dude? Totally. Like oh. no not gone? Yeah, exactly. Nick Young. Come on NYU. now. Come yeah. on. Like, like make oh, that, that happen.
1: That, that opening text montage. That, that's <laughs> I was already like
2: <laughs> <laughs> so delicious. It's oh so yummy. God. It would, See, things so. like that, and I would, the, those those little moments I, I thought were great. I, yeah. I was a big fan of those and it just things that i related to very much her uh her going to singapore singapore and thinking that she could like easily relate to everyone yeah or i mean she knew there was going to be like some kind of struggle there but when I went back to, to South America, I was like, I'm going to my motherland. Mm, I'm mm. going to go be down with my people, finally. <laughs> and then I get there, and I was like, oh, we're fucking different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you no. Know? But the like, same
1: when I go to Spain. To, yeah. to, to, yes. like We're not, I, you know, I, I kind of speak the language, but y'all can tell the second I open my mouth that I'm not from here. To- totally. Totally, <laughs> yeah.
2: And they're looking at you with a little bit, you know, looking at me with love, but still with, like, a little bit of side eye, mm-hmm. like – I loved all those moments. I wanted more of that. Yeah, uh, And I got, uh, I would get a little bit more of that. You know, de- like the Michelle Yao performance. Like, it's like yeah. the, 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 the hostility there. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. F- fantastic. But yeah, just, I want to know what the, I'm, I'm looking to the next. Totally. To the next thing, uh, to the next moment like this that involves, you know, maybe something that's not a rom-com. Yeah, you know. No,
3: I mean, I think um, it's not that deep. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like no, for yeah. me, Crazy Rich Asians is not that deep. Right. So if you can just let yourself kind of let the warmth of the rom com wash over you, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. But I, I honestly was so analytical. About it, that I, I wasn't able to com- become completely
1: submerged into it. until like viewing four or... yeah,
3: I think because of that initial workshopped version sure, that no, no, I no. saw because you're think- you're actively thinking, thinking about it I know as a, yeah but but, but sort of but in my head, analytically, I know when emotionally the levers <laughs> are being pulled, you know yeah and oh, so for sure. and so it's it, it, the, the cause aspect, as you were saying, Alonso um, you know, definitely was top of mind for me.
1: I, I but I'm new with you though. I loved all the sort of immigrant experience stuff, like yes. going, going back to the homeland oh, thing. That's... I thought that was all that was nailed really well. I can see this movie having a, a big fat Greek wedding type of impact in terms of that movie was so specific that it became so universal. Yeah, you yes. know, like we all recognize our versions of those relatives. You know, yeah and totally. I think we're all going to do that for this movie too. Totally, um,
3: unsung hero aunties. The aunties Uh, of Crazy Rich Asians. I want to, if I were to write a think piece and I had time and the desire, I would write only about the aunties. Oh, yeah.
1: They they shot some looks. Yes.
3: (laughs) No, I think that's what's beautiful about this is that, like, you know, as much as, like I said, it's not that deep, but it was. See, that's the thing. Like, it's not that deep in the sort of. Cinema and criticism, but it's so deep for Hollywood. Mm. That's yes. how we're. That's how behind we are. Is that just the fact that we could get culturally specific mm-hmm. yeah. on a big. Popcorn rom-com is so subversive for, for Hollywood. Well,
1: I, yeah. I remember years ago I did a story when, when Pentelion first came around. and Maybe I told the story when we did the Overboard yeah. episode.
3: I'm going to miss every reference you're going to do. Okay, okay. I don't know what the
1: it, hell I he's know. talking about. It's, it's, oh God.
3: Sorry. <laughs> I so wish crazy. I knew. I wish I knew.
1: <laughs> it's a division of Lionsgate. They uh-huh. release films that are aimed at the Latino audience. Oh, amazing. Okay. Mostly English language. Yeah. You know, some mixed like Overboard was. And when they Launched it
3: Overboard, I remember Overboard. Yes,
1: with with Anna Faris. Uh, Their whole deal when they launched it was like, our audience does not want to see movies about the border. They don't want to see movies about the cartel. They want (laughs) fun, fluffy, like, you know, rom-coms. They want from Prada to Nada, you know, and that's what they release. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we can get this movie and it's not about, like, the Japanese internment camps, you know. It's about gorgeous, rich, you know, fabulous people having the most glorious wedding that has ever been thrown in a movie maybe ever. Yeah. You know, that in itself is an act of subversion because it's not like – No, you're right. It's not broccoli. It's not this good-for-you thing. Totally. All right, we're going to go see the Asian movie because we have to have an Asian movie. No, we're going to see some hot, sexy – Asians and they're going to be dancing and they're going to be making dumplings and they're going to try on clothes and they're going to fly like first class plus with the sweets and Mm -hmm. you know and that's that's exciting. That 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 could turn into a fuck cabin? What? (laughs) Yes. What? Who
3: knew this is how
1: the 1% lives? I want those pajamas. (laughs) I also want to give a shout out to Nico Santos. Yes. Yes. Openly gay Asian playing an openly gay Asian being funny as Fuck in yes, a movie. The yeah. rainbow sheep of the family. Yes. As he said. <laughs> Nico yeah.
2: Santos and Aquafina. Aquafina. I mean, oh. uh,
3: people have been talking about how they just want Aquafina and Nico Santos to have an offshoot, just have a little spin off. Yes. yes. Yeah, where yeah. they just, they just
2: make over people Solve mysteries, whatever. <laughs> Solve <I'm> mysteries. <laughs> what, what, what do we think happens now because of the success of this movie? Alonzo and I have talked about this on the show before about it's so frustrating when a movie like this hits. And then the next time a movie like this hits, Hollywood has like that memento disease of like, Oh, we didn't know this could happen. Like I motherfucker. Know. it's a fluke. Yeah, yeah. like it's not number a fluke. Number one at
3: the box office, far exceeding uh projections. Yeah, yes. Yes.
2: yeah. Uh what would you like to see happen next from this? Now, now do you want a movie that is about the cause? Now do you want yeah. another one of uh do you do you want to see the rest of the trilogy?
3: Yeah. I mean number one, I just wanna shout out John Chu and the whole team for Basically doing an impossible thing in Hollywood, mm. which is to to make something like this happen, right? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if people who aren't in the industry realize how much of a sort of needle in the thread, needle in the haystack, every possible metaphor it all takes. The to, all the needles. All the needles. To, to actually get something like this that's a well-executed blockbuster that features a mostly Asian Western, sta- uh, you know, cast to happen to like to occur that's like the way that any any television show you see is like you know it they've made it pass a whole cemetery littered with tv <laughs> pilots right? Yeah. right and so number 1 i want to shout out john john chu for that mm-hmm. number 2 i think for me you know i if i were politically socially if i wanted to choose the big blockbuster story and narrative it wouldn't have been a crazy rich asian that's just me mm-hmm. but it's what happened. And honestly, it's probably the, the thing that Hollywood can accept, which is something that somewhat reinforces stereotypes about Asians, which is that we're all rich. OK, which is not true. Right. <laughs> and so and so for me, I'm not surprised by that. And it's, you know, wrapped up in cellophane and candy and it's beautiful. And so that's why it worked. Right. So maybe that's also why it made it through. Now, I, what I want to see is Hollywood says, yes, green light a bunch of things, but actually show it. So we know stuff can be bought. I love it. People are going to buy. P- people are going to sell a bunch of stories about Asians. This is this is the real life consequence of this. Mm-hmm. I want to see it put out.
2: Yes. Put out Hollywood. Yeah. I need you to put out. <laughs> Come through.
3: <laughs> that's that's my main thing as someone who's in the the business. That's what, why I wanted to see Crazy Rich Asians succeed. I could have all of these critiques of it, and I do. Yeah. And we can both critique and support, and this is what I yeah. try to believe in. Yes. Not unless you want to be off the grid radical, which is fine, but I'm in it, okay? No, so, I, I had the same yeah. fight
1: about Love, Simon back right. in the spring yeah. to, to the gays who had a problem with it. I'm like, yeah, it's real white, and it's real cis, and it's real male. Yeah. You want to see something that isn't? This movie better make money, or else the we, the, 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 the the gate comes down again. Yeah, because totally. we t- Toil
3: in the indie cinema space, yeah. right? We've seen so many beautiful family movies in independent cinema. So Crazy Rich Asians isn't first, but for it to get this level of production, exactly. and this yes. level of push. Yes. Oh my god, I was seeing posters everywhere.
1: Warner Brothers <laughs> spent 10 million on TV buys alone, alone. for this movie. Right.
3: Yeah. And so can we see that for future stories yes. that feature for us? For the one
1: that <laughs> is about the Japanese internment? Exactly. Or whatever, you
3: know? <laughs> for the stuff that isn't just, you know, feel good sort of capitalist fantasy.
1: Yeah. yeah. D- did you did you feel at least in watching the movie all these times <laughs> that you were seeing characters who looked like you in a way that you had not really seen them before
3: oh i've seen them in real life i just never saw them <laughs> on, I mean, on the yes. big screen <laughs> i grew up around asian americans where mm-hmm. you know in my high school it was a majority students of color uh-huh. uh we re- as asians a variety of us mm-hmm. we ran the school so i didn't know stereotypes of asians until i went to college a really white elite small arts college mm. so for me america doesn't yet know the fact that you know there is this asian american subculture where maybe we don't want to be white Sure, you know what I'm saying. That's, that's, like people need to understand girl. this, but 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 this hasn't shown up yet. Butter Luck tomorrow did, but that's right. barely blockbuster. That no, was like a, indie, indie slash that got MTV, yeah. exactly. That limited release by MTV back in the day. So that was a taste of the kind of subculture that exists of Asian Americans.
1: You know, maybe I asked it wrong. I meant on the big screen. Have Never. you seen? Yeah, so that's that's yeah. the thing. That's that is a moment that is so important, and and you know, I think anybody who's in the non like you know white heterosexual sort of you know christian majority or yeah. shrinking majority whatever you know to have that moment to see yourself reflected back after a lifetime of seeing all those people that aren't you in yes. movies is mm-hmm. is super powerful and i think there are you know in 10 years you're going to know asian kids who don't remember the world before this
2: movie yeah yeah i want to give like a big old fucking you're the, you're the first person I think we've had on the show where I feel like maybe we kind of had the same experiences coming up. In my high school, white people were the minority. Yo, where was this? Uh, in Chicago, Roosevelt yeah. High School. Shout out to the hey. bell, dog. Shout out to the <laughs> bell. Uh, white, white people were the minority. And it was just kind of like, yeah, just like we are Latino American. We're Latin American. So yeah. we, we we have all the things that you love. Uh, and I'm saying, like, uh, well, I'm saying this to white America. We have, a, like, we grew up with all the things that you love, and now we have this other, we have our own personal uh, history that comes with that. And then the stories that we want to tell involve both of those things. Yes. It's not just. The it's not the one or the other.
3: Yeah, it's not just struggle. Yes, it's not just struggle, struggle, struggle. It's not just fluff, fluff.
2: Right, you know, like it can be both. Both of those, which is again why I love so much. Fluggle, Fluggle. thank you, bro. Thank you. (laughs) you. Can we
3: coin that as a new (laughs) genre, subgenre of cinema? Just the fluggle. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) No, it's true, and people don't know what it's like to to center. People of color as the protagonists, hmm. as the story, that we're not concerned about the the white gaze. And I think that's what's been beautiful about indie cinema. But we haven't seen that in mainstream cinema. And I think it's it's beautiful because as a, as a student of color, as a person of color, I've had to look at white people in mass media and relate to them. I've had to learn that skill. Right. And I need white people to do that the same – do that – to me, yep. with yes, me. absolutely. Can you relate to me? Absolutely. I am also human. Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and I, I love what you said about how it's it's like bringing the bringing the white audiences into your house and into the party because yeah. what I love about one of the things I love about movies in general is getting to feel like I'm sitting in on conversations that would never take place in front of me. Yeah, you know, where mm-hmm. with other parts of the world or other cultures or just other people in this country that that I whose paths I don't cross. I want to be a fly on that wall, and movies let me do that.
3: Yeah, yeah and I, what I love about what John was able to do with this movie was that if you're a non chinese non-Asian person, you still got your your money's worth an entertainment. Absolutely. Right. You still got it it hit all of the things that you needed for a, a good, satisfying rom com. It looked pretty. Now as an Asian American, as a Chinese American specifically, or a Chinese diasporic person, you got a whole other level of understanding of what was happening, which is beautiful. And that's okay. You know? And so yeah. that's why it's 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 cool that John was able to accomplish this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I look forward to the Blu-ray commentary track that tells me all the the inside jokes that I missed. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, we are, we're going to kind of keep talking about uh, Asian cinema and whitewashing uh, from, uh, uh, later on, but uh, to, to kind of like just move things along here, what did we think? Uh, I mean, you could tell by the, by the tone of our voice, really, <laughs> what we thought of this movie. Should people screen it, stream it, or skip it? Oh, God, screen it.
1: Let it wash over you.
2: Yes. In, in
1: all of its delicious colors and music. And yeah. as a friend of mine said on Facebook, any movie that gives me a street food montage and a trying on dresses montage, <laughs> I'm
2: in.
3: Yes. And all the things that we love about a good popcorn movie. So, mm. yeah, screen it and watch it with a variety of audiences.
2: yep Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say screen it as well. Uh, we need more movies like this. And i look forward to i look forward to what this to what the next movement in uh asian american cinema is going to be i know you know it's i i feel like we're this is the floodgates are open now,
3: but we have to be diligent and yes. vigilant mm-hmm. yes. on this. Yeah, get because, the
2: movies made. Yeah, get the movies made. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about whitewashing. <laughs> we're going to talk about whitewashing, y'all. We talk <laughs> all my favorite, all my favorite I'm white wishing. people that I wish for. <laughs> we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will be talking about whitewashing in cinema. Beloved Maximum
0: Fun Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation, is going out on tour. We are bringing Greatest Gen Con to a bunch of cities in the U.S. and Canada. It's our big tribute to-slash-send-up of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And we have a big leg coming up. (laughs) Yes, we are raising our legs on a number of cities in the coming weeks. (laughs) We're going to Washington, D.C. on August 23rd. The Bell House in Brooklyn, New York on August 24th. Mass Mocha in North Adams, Massachusetts on August 25th. Pittsburgh on the 28th. Boston, Massachusetts at the Wilbur Theater on the 29th. Atlanta, Georgia at the Earl on the 30th. Ferndale, Michigan at the Magic Bag on the 31st. Those are some great big rooms and some great big cities, Ben. And it's a really fun show. It's accessible even if you haven't listened to the podcast yet. We can't wait to see you when we're out on tour. Check greatestgencon.com for dates and ticketing information. And con is spelled K-H-A-N because Wrath of Con, Khan, greatestgen,
2: K-H-A-N.com. All right, welcome back to Who's I'm your host, Ricky Carmona, with me in the studio are Alonzo Duralde.
3: Oh, and Jenny Yang. I'm here too.
2: Comedy is all about...
3: Timing. Timing, timing.
2: (laughs) We just finished talking about Crazy Rich Asians, and we are now going to discuss the ongoing problem of whitewashing in movies. A while back, Crazy Rich Asians author Kevin Kwan told the story on Fresh Air with Terry Gross about when he was first shopping around the film rights for the book. One of the producers that he was talking to said that he'd only produce the film if he changed the main character, Rachel to a white woman. Mm. Okay, right? Okay. Mm. Huh. Mm. Now, Kwan, obviously, he refused, but other films have not been so lucky. Now, for those of you who don't know out there, white wishing... White... Why do I keep saying white Are wishing? Are you wishing yo? for a white Christmas? <laughs> is that what's happening? That's my territory. That was the same. Yeah, <laughs> for those who don't know, whitewashing is when a film casts a white person in a role meant for a non-white actor. So first off, I'm kind of going to look to you, Alonzo, because you are the... You, you, you're the smart motherfucker in the room. Oh, well, because I was the token white guy. Film scholar, film scholar, Yeah. <laughs> All right, cracker. No. <laughs> what are some of the worst cases of whitewashing in uh, recent history? Well, uh,
1: obviously there was a lot of attention paid to Scarlett Johansson in uh, Ghost Case in the, the, the Shell, shell. and Boo. Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange uh, playing roles that were uh, clearly meant to be uh, Asian. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the... the uh, Scarlett Johansson playing a robot, but nonetheless, in the original anime, she should have been Asian. Right. Uh, And Tilda Swinton is playing the Ancient One, who is this, like, Tibetan monk who, again should have been Asian mm-hmm. um, but you know the, there's been a lot of it I mean the, the the history of Hollywood between when we're not doing active black and yellow face um, <laughs> we're just replacing people with white uh, actors um, the one that I, always, uh, that I always think about is it was not a very good movie so yeah, go figure uh, but 21 which was this oh. based on a true story about these MIT students who sort of mathematically figured out how to break the bank in Vegas mm. and it was like Jim Sturgis and Kate Bosworth and just Per- Disgrace Kevin Spacey. Yes. Um, but, yeah. but the students in the real life thing were all Asian. <laughs> MIT students. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. I mean,
3: it's classic. It's classic. And I think it's only been in the last couple years with this Kevin Guan example that we've heard publicly that they've been able to manage to sort of. Choose the production company that was willing to go with the Asian actor. Right. Yeah. You know? And so this is a very recent history. This is how behind we are in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it was only a few years ago that we had Aloha and we had Emma Stone playing, mm. a, playing a Cameron Crowe character that was an adaptation of a real life property where she was supposed to be one quarter Asian, one quarter Native Hawaiian, one quarter white. And it's funny when someone asked him, like, what's the last quarter? Well, no one did. Cause I'm like, well, it's bleach. The last quarter was bleach. It was Clorox.
1: Gold medal flower.
3: We only have three quarters of a person. <laughs> anyway, they had Emma Stone, like the more, most porcelain of the Emmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. They decided to cast her as a Native Hawaiian Asian. It's like, come on now.
1: She doesn't even look like she can go out in the sun. <laughs> I know.
3: She glimmers like freaking, you know, whatever That's vampire guy. Vampire. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I remember when uh, that movie, The Perez Family, came out, Mm. and I was so excited Mm. because this is going to be a movie uh, about uh, a Cuban family, and I was (gasps) like, "That's what's up, mi gente, my people," (laughs) and it said starring Marissa Tomei. No, (laughs) they're like Italy. That's (laughs) close enough. (laughs) I was like, "No, that is not happening." That I'm, oh. Or I, I, you just have to pair an ethnic
3: person with a white person, there's this idea that you can't have, can't be, you know, color on color love. Oh, like it now. needed to be Salma Hayek and fucking what's Matthew, oh, Matthew Perry? Oh, Matthew Perry. Oh, I remember what
2: that. was that right. one? Yeah, yeah. You but, but, I didn't need the even you need the
3: sort of awkward, like too- extra white, bumbling white guy learning about the culture.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Latino whitewashing, oh here we go. I, this is my favorite. <laughs> Based on the global bestseller by Isabel Allende, 1993 oh, is *The House of the Spirits*, oh, <laughs> starring oh, oh, oh boy Jeremy Irons, ah! Meryl Streep, Ooh. Jesus, and possibly Mrs. Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder. Oh
3: literally the most nordic group
1: of people <laughs>
3: that you can choose from. It's like when they also did Gods of Egypt or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was yes. literally every single Gods of Scotland. Yes. Gods of
3: Scotland it was every United Kingdom, you know, nordic, norwegian actor that was in Game of Thrones was a God of Egypt. <laughs> It's a few latitude <laughs> levels up north.
1: Well yeah, and, and as much as I, I I I like Tina Fey, but she is always sort of problematic on the race aspect. I like know. people I know go after Kimmy Schmidt for stuff. Uh she did that movie, um uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, right. which was terrific uh, in a lot of ways. But the like two main Afghani characters were played by Christopher Abbott from Girls. And I think like Alfred Molina or what? Ben, like uh. ben Kingsley. People who were not, uh, you know,
3: I'd have no idea who that girl's actor is. But knowing girls, probably very white.
1: Uh, yes. It's a, it's, he was Marnie's boyfriend who became a junkie. Yes. That guy.
3: Yes.
2: Uh, and
1: then, you know, because Anthony Quinn can only do so much.
2: <laughs> he was Mexican, but you could make him anything. Yeah. Uh, now, y- y'all might need a, 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 a minute to, uh, to think on this, but if you could name one major white role from the past 10 years that you could replace with an actor <gasps> of color. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Hmm. I need a minute to think about this. Yeah, yeah, Totally. Uh, I'm just. I, I was just like scrolling through the last couple movies that I've watched, and I would just because I know it would infuriate people because this movie, uh, this movie character has a history already of being uh, of being in, in, in other uh, other films, uh, other like uh, another trilogy. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a black Han Solo. Yeah, like, sure. I, that would be like oh, just like just get that dude out of there. Like these movies, they, they they're not based in any kind of like. Real, like, 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 there's, there's no, there's no real Han Solo, yo. Santa, <laughs> Santa Claus ain't real. We made this you know, up. Okay, oh, yeah, exactly. So, the uh, fuck all this. He needs to look exactly like, you know, Harrison Ford, which, oh boy, didn't. Yeah, Wanna exactly. Quote canon. Exactly. off oh, you know, like everybody's talking right now, like a black James Bond. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, bring okay. They got mad Do that it.
3: Kelly Marie Tran was written as a Vietnamese American, a yeah. Vietnamese woman.
2: Yeah. Oh, like, no, for Star Wars, well, there's, there's horrible people in the world. Yeah, horrible, and they all have. They're all on Twitter. Yeah, they all have this thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I? Can I? Can I throw in a sort of like r- general rule? Um, can could we have uh, cast any any role that um, the guy that starred in the King's Speech? What's his name?
1: Oh,
2: Colin. Uh, uh, Colin Firth. Colin Firth.
3: Colin Firth. Any. Any Colin ah. Firth role was an Asian American man. Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Somehow he became the king. He had a stutter. He was from Hong Kong back when the the, the British Isles were still in charge of Hong Kong. Fuck hmm. it. Let's rewrite it. I want to see a, an Asian man. Fucking a Chinesey man with like a powdered wig. Okay, and yeah. ruffles in every single Colin Firth
1: role. Uh. I'll let's see. Could we replace Mel Gibson in Daddy's Home Two <laughs> with Cedric the Entertainer?
3: Oh my god!
1: That makes that movie a hundred percent better. Boom, right there.
3: You guys, I feel like something's happening. This is the beginning of our fan fiction club. <laughs> yes, 100%. this is our fan fiction fiction
1: club. Well, you know, and and I always make I've made this joke before, but you know, uh, I'm I'm addicted to. Terrible Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. It's It's my cross to bear, (laughs) Uh, and uh, you're my hermana. I can tell. Um, (laughs) But so many of them are set in these like fictional, like fake Monaco, tiny European royalties. Mm. You know, and it's all about this like commoner American who falls in love with the prince. You know, and I'm like, could they never fall in love with the prince of Tonga? Yeah, you know, (laughs) like some gorgeous South Pacific island, like (laughs) instead of like. Make Ruritania, not France. Let's
2: go to know? Guam. Let's go to Guam. Exactly. <laughs> Fiji
1: is there waiting for
2: you. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, about acting. It, I, Jenny, I love that you, uh, earlier when we were talking specifically about Crazy Rich Asians, you mentioned John Chu a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also want to see a fuck ton more Asian directors. Yes. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Chu, I looked at what he's directed. He's done, uh, he did Now You See Me too. a big ass hit. Uh, the sequel to G.I. Joe, which was a big-ass hit, uh, Step Up 3D, which is a huge hit, yeah. Step Up to the Streets, which is a huge hit. Uh, how is this guy not being involved in the uh, uh, franchise conversation? Colin Trevorrow directed uh, oh one God. movie, and they just handed him the keys <clears throat> to Star Wars. Granted, he's not it anymore. But, but then like, they handed him the Jurassic Keys, too. Yeah, oh. they handed him the Jurassic Keys. But so I'm going to say, like, how is he... Like, I just don't understand how that man is not involved in these conversations. There's, there's
3: no logic involved, Ricky. It's in called white supremacy. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll you,
1: tell you're you. Right. You're right. You're right. I, I know I'm, in, I'm very much in the minority in this one, but John Chu John deserves more credit for the very underrated Gem in the Hologram.
3: Okay, so <laughs> I never watched it.
1: You and
2: most Americans.
3: But I have to watch it for myself, too, to, to understand if it was successful.
2: Alonzo, I had a good time with it. Alonzo, but I'm, I'm going to lie. I, I, I didn't bring it up because I was like, I can't tell if Alonzo loves Gem and the Holograms or was it Josie and the Pussycats? Um, yes. Just, just because, All the above. Just because, the because yes Alonzo, you
3: like Gem and the Holograms, I'm going to go watch it. Okay. I'm going to go watch it and then I'm going to tweet at you. All
1: right. <laughs> I want to hear back because I, yeah. I not only did I kind of enjoy it. I bought two songs off the set. What? God,
3: damn, yes. Man. A lot uh-huh. of My man.
1: My
2: man, the biggest John Chu fan in the house. Is, I know. Since oh, it's before I'll tell you. No, you got
1: my friends Bibs and Whitney, who do the, the, the critically acclaimed podcast, have not shut up about Step Up 3D for the last decade. Yeah. So they are so like taking the John Chu victory lap right nah. now. Like, yeah. That's great. Told ya. Told ya. No, I think there's,
3: there's something to be said about someone who knows how to make a satisfying blockbuster.
1: Mm. there is And, and
3: unfortunately you know people who like maybe get some weird acclaim for one indie flick who's a white guy a straight mm-hmm. white guy, yeah. they just get handed the keys to so many things. It's it's, and if, it's if, so it's so out of control. Like you know, I feel like Ava DuVernay has even talked about this. Mm-hmm. How so many people who are white men just are, it's so easy for them to have a mentor vouch for them who see themselves in them yes. to say, Yes, I will let you come in and, and take take on the take the wheel on, on my franchise. That's like multi bajillion dollars. Yeah, totally. if, you're, if
1: you're a woman who has a comparable size Sundance hit, maybe you can do some HBO episodic. Maybe Maybe, right, right. right. If right. someone
3: was like, "Yeah, we need to have a diverse director this week,
1: exactly, yeah."
3: That's what's messed up about it. And that's why I really love what Ava DuVernay is doing, which is, you know, she had a lot of mostly, I think, women of color, definitely all women direct Queen Sugar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she listed it out. And she even got flack about, well, why are you discriminating against men? I'm like, okay, are are we really doing (laughs) this? Yeah, what is happening? Twitter, are we really doing this, Twitter? (laughs) The world is already made for you. (laughs) Can we have a corner called Queen Sugar?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if if making this kind of like audience-pleasing blockbuster were so damn easy, everyone would do it. It's, it's not easy.
3: It's its own skill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, give me some white space. Give me some slow burns. Cinematic indie films, but like some—that's a whole other set of skills to like really like you and I. Obviously, love a good montage. Love a good makeover. Like there's something about that part of being an American in pop culture that that if that is done well, it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and not everyone can do it, and so I, it's I, worth something. That's not, worth
1: something. I'm not saying this is a slam. Crazy Rich Asians is going to be the perfect movie to watch on an airplane for the next five years. Yes. I love a
3: good airplane movie. You know why? Because you don't need the sound and you can watch it over your neighbor's shoulder. Exactly. That's what makes a good airplane movie.
2: And you can still kind of follow it. Totally. (laughs) ah oh, well we hope we, we hope you know Hollywood if you're listening you know, know. if you're
3: listening could we just run Hollywood from here could we just dictate <laughs> we totally a could. manifesto run from it out of
2: town on a rail <laughs> <laughs> alright it is now time for our staff Picks y'all every week we ask our panel here to give out some staff Picks movies they've seen uh, they can be in the theater they can be streaming on any kind of platform uh, that you all should check out uh, Jenny I'll start out with you do you have uh, something for the people yeah I love to all the boys I've loved before
3: on Netflix I mentioned Earlier, uh, based off of a best-selling book by Jenny Han, if you love a good teenage rom-com, uh, if you love a good teenage rom-com inflected with some kimchi and <laughs> and yogurt drink, um, watch it on your Netflix subscription. Right. it's so satisfying. Okay, yeah, All right. that's what's up,
1: Alonso. So uh, if Crazy Rich Asians made you discover for the first time that uh, Asian men should be objectified more in cinema (laughs) Uh, Then you owe it to yourself to watch the extraordinary Wong Kar Wai film In the Mood for Love. (gasps) Oh, I love it. Tony Leung and Maggie Chung oh my god. smolder and look at each other and smoke and she wears Chung on dresses and it's the 60s and there's red hallways and oh my god it's the sexiest fucking movie that's ever been made and if You're you gonna haven't get seen horny. it you horny. are missing out so yeah <laughs> seriously it's that kind of thing you know uh, my, my one of my goals this year was to stop being the oh, I can't believe you've never seen movie mm. and b- instead be the wow I'm envious that you get to see it for the first time I am Envious that you get to see in the mood for love for the first time. Yeah, it will change your life.
2: Ugh. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, I'm, I, I I came in with one movie prepared, but now I feel like I kind of need to follow your theme. You don't need to go Asian. It's okay. I, mm-hmm. Well,
1: I mean, you can order off the me- other <laughs> menu. Okay,
2: well, secret menu.
1: Watch Have Michelle the Surf and Turf. It's fine.
2: Watch fun. Michelle Yow in in, in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, y'all. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life the theater when I saw it in people applauded after uh, her first action scene like oh, yeah. it was one of those like the Matrix moments like alright we've never seen that in a movie before <laughs> Uh, but the so you know what fuck it I'm, I'm giving I'm, I'm giving two stat picks today uh, the oh other we one, can give two nah uh, too late sorry <laughs> god damn it post prerogative <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was Robert De Niro's birthday uh, this past Friday mm. so I went back and watched uh, not a movie that he's a star in but he's just uh, uh, he's a supporting cast in James Mangold's Copland from mm. 1997 and uh, that movie's like amazing uh, are, you, are you familiar with Copland no. at all This is when, like, for a very short window of time, Sylvester Stallone was like, I'm going to go back to doing serious movies. Uh, He had made, like, uh, was it Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? Mm -hmm. He was, was, like, putting out, like, hot garbage. (laughs) And, like, we were just, like, getting sick of it. So uh, James Mangold had written a script, uh, Copland, that was, like, going around town and, and people were just reading it and loving it. And uh, Stallone jumped on board with it. Sylvester Stallone is in it. Uh, Harvey Keitel is in it. Robert De Niro is in it. Annabella Sciorra is in it. Kathy Moriarty is in it. Uh, Janine Garofalo? Janine Garofalo is in it. Uh, Robert Patrick and Ray Liotta at their 90s coked-out finest. Wow. Uh, every
3: every oh, dark-haired uh, white actor with sort of slightly wrinkly pock
2: faces. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes place in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, like right, right outside of New York. I you so like I mean, just listed
3: all of those actors <laughs> in one movie.
2: Yeah, uh, Robert loja oh. is in it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: we have a bingo. <laughs> uh,
2: but check out Copland, y'all. It is just like a really great... A uh, little crime story. That's the thing. They like it's all these huge stars are in it, and it's just like this really small movie. Uh, I watched it again, and I was like, God damn, how'd they pull this off? Copland, y'all. <laughs> Next week we'll be talking about Happy Time Murders. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on this show, please leave us that review on the Apple Podcast Five star reviews get a shout out on the show. Uh, we're gonna read one right now from Kitty Boy Girl Boy. They say, I don't think I laugh longer or harder than when listening to Who Shot Ya? Ah,
1: Thank aw. you.
2: All the hosts and guests are smart, witty, and extraordinarily competent at their jobs. A special shout out to recent guest Brandon Johnson. He, Ingu Kang, Joya Clark, and Dave White should be rotating guest seats. Please, uh, uh, read this next one, Alonzo, because clearly <laughs> I am a Yeah, Yo, we're cutting
1: you off. <laughs> Geez, John says, sick of film podcasts consisting of self-important straight white guys who are high off of their own self-importance? Well, delete those and put Who Shot You?" at the top of your queue. This roundtable discussion breaks down a new film each week from a group of smart, funny film lovers who sometimes disagree but are never disagreeable. Aww. April Wolf brings a sharp critic's eye and an even sharper wit. Alonzo Dural is our 21st century Roger Ebert. Aww. Aww! Loves film deeply and without pretension. Special guest Ray, Clark and Ingu Kang add a lot of insight and perspective and holding It all together is Ricky Carmona, whose genuine enthusiasm and charm will bring a smile to anyone's face, even Ingus. (laughs) Truth. He's a great host, and I definitely think that's partially due to him going to my alma mater, Columbia College Chicago, in the building. In the building, yo. (laughs) I love this show. Check it out, and you will go. You will go away with a smile on your face and new movie titles for your queue.
3: That is so nice. We got
2: lovely fans. We got amazing fans. fans. They're great. They're great. Uh, Thank you, Jenny, for being here so much. I mean, this is dope. This was so fun. Super fun. Mm -hmm. We 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 would love to have you back. You know, will we will we, will we don't speak things all Asian. Yeah. We just like just, I can talk about non-Asian yeah, things. You, well, no, you can. I know you We're can. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> uh, where can people find you online? JennyYang.tv or at Jenny Yang
3: TV on all the socials. Or,
2: that's what's up. That's what's up. If you want to hear more crazy rich Asians talk, check out our friends on the Pop Rocket Podcast. Alonzo's going to be there, hopefully using his B material. Oh, always. No? <laughs> Uh, if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at WhoShallYaPod. Send us an email at WhoShallYa at MaximumFun.org. Our producers Casey O'Brien. Senior producers Laura Swisher. Woo! This is a production of MaximumFun.org. And that is what is up.
1: MaximumFun.org.
3: Comedy and culture.
1: Artist owned. Listener supported.